Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hey, everybody. I just want to thank you to this first day of the week with the Matrixic Discussion Group here with Tactical Sovereignty. And going to have a great call this evening. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of people, especially hard-pressed since the 08, 09 crash uh, with losing their homes, uh, losing their businesses, losing jobs. And that really kind of gave a green light, I, I felt, for kind of a blanket um, repo on a bunch of homes when it wasn't even a legitimate uh, foreclosure. And I think they just felt like they were seeing somebody being foreclosed on. I thought, well, yeah, a lot of people are because they've lost jobs, financial hard times or whatever. And that they could get away with a little bit more because things would be a little more unquestioned at that time. And uh, our guest tonight, Roberta, she's been fighting the fight that a lot of people have been fighting regarding the foreclosure process. And so instead of getting into a lot of extra things off the beginning here. I think we'll just start right out, and I want to introduce Roberta, everybody. How are you doing this evening, Roberta? Oh, just well. I'm doing, feeling good, and getting better. I hope you all are, too. Yep. Yeah, you know, everybody's got definitely their different levels of uh, fights going on at the time, at the things they're dealing with, and their own trials and tribulations. We're talking about situation with Chris uh, just prior to the call, and uh, so I guess he's been released last night, which is a wonderful thing to hear. Uh, what what happened with your situation uh, regarding um, your fight with the banks and everything? How did that really get rolling? Because I haven't had a chance to talk to you ahead of time, so I'm pretty green to the information you're going to be sharing as well. So if you could just give us a little bit of background info and let us know what all has happened. Okay, well, I don't know how much time y'all have, but we're talking about um, 20 years worth of fighting. But I didn't know I was in a fight until, you know, they tried to start foreclosing on me back in 2013. But um, I bought my home in 1990, and uh, in 1997 I refinanced with a, a mortgage company called itself uh, Chase Mortgage Brokers. And, um, you know, I, I still have the air to this day because I'm a pack rat. I don't throw nothing away. And it, what enticed me, it says, you know, um, looking to refinance, come to us. We'll be able to have you uh, refinance on first or second mortgage. And um, uh, so I came down in. I looked at the papers and stuff. And, you know, I came in there and refinanced, looking like they was going to help me out. So um, when I went and did the refinancing and stuff, uh, a lot of things was going on. It was very hectic in the office, and I, you know, I wouldn't know. I figured this is a real busy office. You know, they give me a bunch of papers to sign and stuff, and tell me to bring in, you know, my uh, tax information and, and where I was working. I, I did all the right things for what I was supposed to do, but um, now that I'm looking at hindsight, I know 
that they was pulling the wool over my eyes, but, you know, I'm still saying, well, I'm a single woman, you know, I'm figuring, I'm working, have my tax information and stuff, you know, that I figure I'm making enough to, you know, buy this home. So, okay, so therefore, as soon as I sat down at the closing table, um, I remember there was, oddly enough, there's like three different um, uh, notaries there, along with my brother and the sister and stuff, because, you know, I was buying a home for my brother. And so he, uh, you know, that's how I was able to refinance and get it out of his name. Well, okay, so at the closing table, you know, I'm signing, they're pushing all these, all kinds of documents in front of me and stuff, so, so you know, I don't have time to read and, and, and ask questions, you know, just sign here, sign here, sign here. You know, even if you've been to a car lot, you buy a car, they just push a lot of papers in front of you. Sign here, sign here, sign here. So I'm signing and everything. So, um, so you know, I'm paying paying all my, my uh, monthly uh, mortgage payments and stuff. And as time goes along, stuff I'm still paying. Here comes 2003, still paying. Then next thing I know, um. I get a letter because the, uh, the bankrupt, the court uh, went bankrupt, the home goal went bankrupt in 2003. I'm still paying my money to the um, mortgage company and stuff. But then another letter comes nine months after the company went bankrupt saying, we are now your new uh, mortgage uh, services, so pay us. I said, okay. Now, I didn't know at the time that in order to have your new mortgage servicer, you supposed to get a letter according to RESPA from your old mortgage servicer. I didn't know that. So next thing I know, I'm still doing a, doing the um my mortgage payments and stuff, but I send it to the new mortgage servicer. So then I'm still sending it, and so here comes 2010. I think when um the president was saying, you know, we can go ahead and uh you know go everybody gets to make a home affordable loans and stuff. You know. If you're having predatory lenders and stuff and your loan is too high, your mortgage payment is too high, then we can go ahead and see if you fit into a, um, you know, make it home affordable loans and stuff. And we can take you down to, you know, high uh, interest rates down to a lower interest rate. So I said, I'm going to do that. Because at the time, my interest rate was 10.34, you know. So I'm saying, oh, yeah, let me see if I can qualify for a lower interest rate. So... I go and um, call the mortgage lenders and stuff and ask them, well, do you know about the president's, um, you know, the lower making homes affordable? They say, yeah, we know that, but we have our own. So I said, what do you mean you have your own? You know, um, Barack Obama saying, you know, let's just do it this way. So he said, well, you know, send us all your information and everything, and we'll just give you, you know, loan modification and stuff. So I sent them all my paperwork and everything. And, um, you know, they're trying to do all the losing stuff. I said, no, don't you lose my paperwork because, you know, let me tell you something. Barack Obama said, you know, that you're going to make the home affordable and don't be losing no papers because I'll call the president. I got him on the, on speed dial. I will call him and tell him what you're doing. So then, you know, then they figured I wasn't playing. So, they, you know, I, I call him every day. You all got my paperwork? Okay. Okay. So then here it comes. Um, 2010, the paperwork was already approved, everything. Here comes a letter, 2011. You're approved. You have a loan modification. Here's the schedule for the payments. Okay, so I'm following all the payments. It went down to 2%, from 10.34 down to 2%. So that's fine. So now I'm paying my little payments that's down to 2%. And um, I'm following the schedule. 
Next thing you know, here comes 2012, still paying. And then they say, uh, oh, by the way, we're switching your loan over to another company called Auckland. So it went from Litton Loan Company to Auckland, which I know now is the same company. They just bought their own sales out. Got to watch out for that. So then it says, now, um, I was paying like, uh, I was paying like, Two hundred and sixty something dollars a month. They tell me I need to start paying four hundred eighty eight dollars. So hey, wait a minute. You know, I know I'm on Social Security now, so I can't be paying no four hundred eighty eight dollars. So that's half my check. So I said I'm supposed to follow the schedule, pay two hundred sixty eight dollars a month. They said no, we want four hundred eighty eight dollars. They said there's something in the rears or something with the loan modification or something. I didn't understand what they were saying. So I said, no, I'm not following the loan modification because it's not supposed to increase until uh, three years after I finish start paying on it. So I sent them, I had a good face, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to send them like $321 and stuff instead of the $288. They sent it back to me. Okay, so I said, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and go to Legal Aid and see what they're talking about, see if they can help me. So I go over to Legal Aid and uh, I say, look, this mortgage company uh, they're saying they're trying to go up on my loan modification, and, um, you know, they're not taking my payments anymore. They're sending it back to me. So the uh, legal aid said, okay, well, we're going to help you out. They took all my intake paperwork and everything. And um, uh, they say, well, uh, you didn't pay these people. I said, well, these people stole my loan because it's, I'm knowing, learning that from 2003, of March 2003, my Original lenders went bankrupt, and now 2003, nine months later, I get a letter from another company saying they're the mortgage lenders and stuff. So I think these people stole my loan. It's known people don't steal your loan, Mr. Fitzhugh. What are you talking about? They don't steal stuff like that. You just didn't, you, you defaulted on your loan, and that's why they're going up on your mortgage payments because uh, you was on a loan modification and you didn't do what you were supposed to do. I said, no, that's, that's a bunch of bull. Don't tell me. Look, these are crooks. I was following the loan modification. My loan modification does not increase until three years after I finish start paying on it. Okay, so here it is, um, you know, 2013. I'm going to school, and here it is. I'm, I'm, you know, after 20 years, I decided to go back to school and stuff. I said, okay, well, I'm going to go back to school and get me some more money, make some more money and stuff, you know, because, you know, after you finish, finish, Paying for your books and everything, you got a little something, something left after that. So you know, I said, okay, well, you know, I'll just start going to school and stuff and learning some more business information because I I'm not up on my business finance. So okay, so you know, I went to school 20 years before that and stuff, and in order to get back into school in 2013, they put me on probation because I left school and I had to explain to them why I left without paying back the, uh, the um, I guess, the government for my loans, for my student loans. So after that, I'm in school 2013, and now I start seeing that the school has some kind of curriculum stuff going on, you know, that I uncovered them in curriculum entrapment because everybody was complaining, if you don't finish this course, you got to start all over again and pay for the course all over again. I said, No. They said, watch me sit you. You're going to have to start paying all over again. So I got to that subject, and they started enough. I failed. I passed it the first time. 
Then the second time, taking that same subject, I failed it again. I said, wait a minute, I can pass it at home, but I can't pass it at school, and it's the same daggone test. So I went to the dean of students and to the president of the school and said, hey, there's a curriculum entrapment going on here, but I see that this one course, y'all entrapping people, and therefore, you know, they can't pass the course, but they can pass it at home. Next thing I know, I get me a Dear John letter. Dear Miss Fitzhugh. They don't call me Miss Fitzhugh. They Dear Roberta. You are no longer eligible for financial aid. <laughs> you can't come back to our school. <laughs> I knew what it was about, but I didn't care. Anyway, next thing I know, 2014, I get a knock at my door. I never forget. It was the day before my birthday. It's the sheriff. Sheriff comes to my door, and um, he's standing there holding the papers. So he serves me some papers and stuff, and I start looking at these papers. These are foreclosure papers. So things are, I start reading the papers over and over again, and I see this number. It says, uh, for principal and interest due, I owe seven billion ninety one million three hundred twenty eight thousand nine hundred and one dollars. I said, hmm, okay, now wait a minute. I live in a double wide mobile home and they said I live I owe seven billion ninety one million three hundred twenty eight thousand nine hundred and one dollars. Okay now, I'm looking for the gold 'cause somewhere 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 under these carpets has gotta be some gold lining somewhere. Okay then. So anyway, so then I started um, you know, like I said, I went into legal aid and stuff and still trying to see if they could help me out. And uh they're still him and the horn about where I defaulted at and stuff. And they told me, Well, Miss Fitch, that's seven billion dollars. That's that's not right. Uh they just made a mistake. I says, I don't see where they made a mistake because uh anyway, um, you know, they said the per diem is like a, a dollar and thirty something cents. And so I said, Well, I don't know what a per diem means, but you know, it seemed like they they gonna add up a whole lot of stuff, even down to per diems. Anyway, so therefore yeah, I was on the calls with Dave and the thumb because we was over in, in another business and stuff, you know. So I started telling them about this stuff, and they said, man, the teacher, that don't sound right. Something's going on, you know. So Dave, you know, as knowledgeable as he is, he, you know, he tells me, Roberta, you know, you know about David Craig's book. You know, David Craig writes about, you know, these foreclosures and murders and how they, they just going on taking people's homes and stuff. He said, you need to get that book powder titles and stuff. So that's what I did. Went and jumped on the Internet and found Dave uh, Dave uh, Craig's book, uh, Clouded Titles, and I ordered that. So, man, that book was so good. I mean, it cost me $50. But, honey, I don't, I don't, I, how you say that dog tailed every, every page that there was? Because that was like a Bible to me. I mean, I read everything and everything I didn't understand. And I started doing my own little paperwork and, making up affidavits and everything, following along with uh, David Craig was saying and stuff. And I even called him, let him know, you know, man, I got your book and stuff like that. And, you know, um, you know, I'm trying to understand and stuff, but there's some things you don't, you know, don't really fully explain. So, you know, he was helping me a little bit along the line and stuff. And, then, you know, now we're talking about like uh, four years. So I, I've got in touch with a lot of people. I mean, I've, I stayed up nights after nights reading books and going on the internet typing up stuff that I didn't understand and just Googling everything and stuff. 
So next thing you know, um, you know, I got in touch with um, this guy. Uh, yeah, I guess he must have been on a call, Ken Dost. Uh, he's going to be well known on, on um, you know, doing things about how the government done set you up and took everything from, you know, from your time you sat down at the closing tables to everything that's going on with your mortgage and stuff. You know, he 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 types a lot of stuff up on the internet and stuff and shows a lot of documents, but to really dissect them don't mean Jack. Was adult. This doesn't have any clear understanding and stuff. But I, I got in touch with Ken Dawson. He says, well, Miss um, Fitzhugh, all you have to do is just go ahead and, um, you know, turn it back over to just do uh, cash for keys. Turn it back over. I said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm saving my house. I'm not going to do no cash for keys and, and just give in like that, no. So I scratched him off the, off the, off my list because I said, man, he's a fool. I ain't doing that. So next thing I know, um, as time goes along, you know, I got in touch with, um, well, through Dave, you know, I got on the law calls and stuff, and I started learning about different other people and stuff. Like I got in touch with um, Thomas Deegan, and uh, he helped me a lot, too. He helped me set up my um, the template for the notice of the fault and opportunity to cure. And uh, he helped me a lot out about that. And so I was just uh, kept on doing the first one, is uh, notice of fault and opportunity to, um, to cure. Uh, they come in three parts, the part number one, two, three, and then the final opportunity to, to uh, cure. And um, there was never, never rebutted by none of the mortgage companies or the U.S. Bank or anybody else, you know. They they never, um, you know, uh, rebutted anything. So an unbutted affidavit stands as truth, from what I understand. Anyway, so um, I went through through that and nothing happened to that, so then... I started filing, filing uh, more paperwork. Um, then I met uh, Steve Curry through the phone calls and stuff. And Steve Curry uh, said, well, Ms. Fitzhugh, uh, let me help you do a land patent. Because so, he was doing land patent around at the same time and stuff. So, you know, um, he gave me a couple of templates to learn how to do the land patent for my own self and stuff. So I was following that. And um, I think when I got everything done, I went to call call back to uh, Steve Curry. And long and behold, next thing I know, uh, his wife said that they raided his house and that uh, they was um, they took him to jail and a whole lot of things happened with him. So that 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 my help left with him. <laughs> Just to say it like that. Uh, 2016, the mortgage company which I call Buttholes. With a robo signer as a vice president sends me uh, some another assignment of their own, saying that this is a corporate assignment and a deed of trust, and they send it in, and um, along with the allonge and everything, saying that they now own my home. And I say, ain't no way these people gonna own my home. I have not even been to any courts or anything it's like that. Now, all the other times, you know, every time they sent me a notice of hearing and stuff. Every time we got to the court date and stuff, they were always sending uh, a continuance saying, oh, we want to continue because uh, we don't, we're still waiting to hear from the uh, lenders, you know. We're still trying to get uh, the paperwork from the lenders and stuff. So each time, you know, this is about the, I must have been about the 10th or 11th time I'm going to court for the court hearing. Never got before the judge or anything. Just always had lots of court hearings and stuff. 
And every time we get there, it's just always waiting to execute the papers from the lender. Okay, well, now that I know that the lender has uh, already been dissolved in 2003 because I went and talked to the trustee of that bankruptcy court, and uh, they said the lenders, which was uh, Chase Mortgage Brokers, when they went to go bankrupt, they destroyed all the files. It was a football field of uh, paperwork, of different uh, boxes and boxes of uh, files that they had. They was not trying to be caught by the FBI or whoever they was hiding out from, so they destroyed most of the papers. And mine was, uh, I guess, my files was it was in most of the papers. Work. And so, so therefore, um, they still came in that they had they had sent the paperwork up to the securitized uh, trust and everything. So you know, I'm coming to find out now that you, you know your loan. And securitized bond cannot be in the same place at the same time. I'm learning. So, therefore, I said, oh, okay. Because the thing is, if you're going to securitize your loan, you have to destroy the, the documents first in order for it to be a certificate, a bond certificate. Okay. So, therefore, you know, so now I'm, I, you know, I, I'm, this is a life with a foreclosure is nothing but, um, I guess, Learn as you go situation because the thing is, you know, you can read it in the book until, but until you're actually in it, that's where you'll find out that, you know, something's not right and then you have to go back and, and talk to some more people and find out what's going on. Well, anyway, uh, like I said, Dave in the film, he introduced me to the law call. I guess they used to call it the um, the Black Brigade or the, from the Four Corners Doctrine. You know, that was with uh, Steve... Steve Curry and Steve Rice, you know, bless his heart, rest in peace, Steve Rice, he's gone. But, you know, they was always all on, on the law calls and stuff. And um, I met um, Randy Shannon, Randy Shannon on the one of the calls and stuff, you know, and I started talking to her about things. Um, and, she, you know, she had talked to me, you know, a couple of times about, you know, how the, her group, she's had a something, some other kind of group, that was uh, also doing 42action.org, you know, being of the people, with the people, by the people, but you still end up by yourself. I don't know, I don't know how that happened, but um, with her company and stuff, you know, I was um, talking to some people and stuff, and she says, well, you know, let me pass your information on to this person and that person and stuff, and um, next thing I know, I send all the, my documents and send it to somebody named Brad, at 42action.org. And so he tells me, you know, well, send all your paperwork and your opportunity to cure uh, to us. I said, well, no, I'm not going to send you my file of what I did with the notice of default and opportunity. He says, well, I just want to see if yours is as good as ours. I said, no, if you got something, you keep it. I'm not sending nobody else's work to you, you know, because I worked a lot on this and stuff. So then um, Randy was saying, was saying, well, you know, um, your documents must be studied and see if the chain of title, you know, is all in line and everything uh, to determine if there is a fraud. And our, our course for our chain of title action is um, $1,875, $1,800, you know. Now, her group is saying we're helping everybody, you know, but if I'm in need of some help, why is your help cost so damn much? <laughs> you know, 
$1,875 just to see if there is a fraudulent action to go on. So I said, okay, well, scratch that, you know, let's let that alone. Then I came across another guy. His name was a Detective Jerry Price. Now, he's a fool. Anyway, I ain't saying nothing to him. He called me on the phone and stuff. And he said, well, Miss Fitch, you know, I'm, I'm the detective from way back when. I'm the Jerry Price, and I know how to do this and do that. And so, so I'm listening to him. So, but he says, I looked over your situation, and um, he says, it's, you know, it's, it's time to that you maybe need renegotiate the loan. Just go and renegotiate. I said, I'm not renegotiating nothing. These people stole my loan, and I'm not going to let them go ahead and get away with it. So I'm not going to renegotiate anything. Oh, I'm tired already. I mean, Lord have mercy. I'm best with these people and that people and everything. Then I met Thomas Deegan. Thomas Deegan, okay, he helped me out a lot and stuff. Um, I don't know if he's still in jail or not, but anyway. Um, he, it was about 2015. I got in touch with Thomas Deegan and stuff, and he helped me do this, um, another notice of default and dishonor and opportunity to cure. And so, therefore, um, I did that and served to, serve to all the people, you know, the um, the uh, the trustees and the Honorable Law Firm and, and the U.S. Bank and everybody who was involved in trying to take my home from me. So uh, there was so much information in those templates that he sent me for the, um, the notice of the fourth and opportunity to cure, but I just, I just was able to scan through all that and stuff and take out what I needed and then left alone what I didn't need. So, um, of course, uh, you know, the mortgage, uh, they, they wasn't trying to hear about me doing anything like that. They didn't, they never did uh, rebut anything again to that. So, okay, so then I said, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and find out what else I need to do because these people are not answering to this affidavit that I sent. So, therefore, I found out about this guy named Arnie Ernie Rasner. Ernie Rasner was from Scan Retina, uh, some kind of, I guess, uh, almost like the brigades and stuff. So I emailed him. He was on Scan Retina, and I talked to him. And he said, yes, I'm Ernie Rasner, and I'm an old man, but I know nothing. So I said, well, dang, how you going to help me if you don't know nothing? Anyway, so I still talked to him and stuff, and, um, well, next thing I know, he sends out a, a blast of an email, sent out a whole uh, email to all the people that was in that, I guess, uh, that uh, organization to scan retina. And the subject says, Roberta seeks assistance in foreclosure motion, all underlined in caps. So I get all kinds of uh, suggestions from people everywhere trying to help me and stuff. So, therefore, um, you know, I said, okay, well, I'm just reading through all these different suggestions and stuff like that. But then I get a email from this judge in Alaska. Her name is Anna Vaughn Ritz, or Roots, whatever her name is. So, she says, here's the email right here. She says, um, yours, your email, she says, your foreclosure has to be one of the most blatant cases I ever had heard of. Go to the U.S. Marshals and bring criminal charges against the clerk of court and for aiding and abetting the felony of mail fraud. Then go to the State Insurance Commission and pull her bond. 
I am just sitting here shaking my head. He said, the clerk of court is the trustee, not the judge. And she is letting these obvious criminals bring repeated false charges against you instead of honoring your position as a lawful beneficiary of your estate. This has to end. And that's from uh, Judge Anna Von Roots. So, um, you know, I said, okay, well, this sounds real positive and stuff. And I I went to the U.S. Marshals and stuff, and uh, they didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And they said, no, we in the Marshals, but we don't do that. We don't we don't have nothing to do with your foreclosure or anything. I said, well, our judge told me to go to y'all and tell y'all what the, what's happening and stuff, and I want to bring criminal charges against the clerk of courts. They says, well, Miss Fitch, you know, we the marshals, but we don't do things like that. I said, okay, well, whatever. So, therefore, you know, I, I, I just went back, to, went back to my drawing board and stuff, you know. So, it's like one thing after another. Now, we still, we still, I'm still, I'm not putting my head up under the covers like I'm getting ready to uh, lose out because I said, I'm not losing out. I'm going to continue to knock on people's doors and, and find out, you know, what I can do and everything. So then there's a guy named, um, oh, what is his name, Watson or somebody. He was, I met him through Randy Shannon at the 42action.org and stuff. And, um, you know, he's talking about these commercial loans and these commercial liens and stuff, you know. I think he was with uh, somebody named Santa Claus. You know, I met you know, I know Santa Claus used to be riding on a sleigh, but next thing I know, you know, he's talking about commercial liens that he done did a five or twenty-four billion uh, commercial lien alone against some of these uh, uh, government officials and stuff. So and he says, and if he wants, if you want me to help you and stuff, you know, I know you're a senior citizen and stuff, and you know, so I won't charge you much. I'll just charge you two hundred fifty dollars if you start it. But he said, once I finish with you, with you uh, doing all these, um, uh, suing all these government officials and stuff, then you, you know, you'll be able to have your house and everything, you know, you'll get more money and stuff, and you won't have to worry about nothing. Um, I never paid him any money because I said, you know, he's going through his own stuff. I don't know what happened to this day, what happened to that man, but I, I didn't bother with him because every time I'm talking to somebody, you know, they doing this, doing that, but next thing I know, they losing their own house. They going to jail. I said, mm-mm. I told David or something, man, everybody you introduced me to, you know, they seem like they know what they're talking about, but next thing I know, they in jail. They're either in jail or they done lost their home. Man, I ain't doing all this. Uh-uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> you start laughing because I said, you know, I mean, uh-uh, I can't, I can't do that. You know, I love, I love, um, you know, I love being able to wear my own clothes. I don't like orange. Orange is not the new black for me. I'm already black. I ain't need nothing else. The hair's not black. I ain't saying that. <laughs> you know, I'll just go ahead and say, no, I'm good. I ain't doing that with you. So, um, you know, I've been filing stuff with the uh, uh, North Carolina Commissioner of Banks and stuff, and uh Everybody's just taking my information. I'm sending all kinds of documents and showing that these people have stole my loan and stuff. And, you know, all they do is send everything. Hello, I hear some feedback. Hello? You hear me? Yeah, I hear you fine, dear. Okay, good. Yeah, so, you know, I'm sending all my paperwork to them. And 
what these uh, North Carolina Commissioner of Banks, they're supposed to be over the mortgage company that I'm, I'm doing. You know, they mandate, you know, the, the laws and everything. So, but therefore, they sent it, all my stuff I'm sending into the uh, the Commissioner of Banks and stuff. They're sending all my information and documents right to the mortgage company. They can't be doing all that. So, uh, the commission, the um, what do you call it? The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. They took all my information. Did the same thing. All my deed of trust information, my mortgage notes, everything. They're sending everything to everybody and, and just letting them know, on the other hand, we know what I'm having. So this is how the mortgage company got all my information. They didn't have my mortgage deed. They didn't have my notes. Not until I sent the proof in to the uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the, um, uh, the Federal Trade Commission. I tried to even talk to the FBI. They wouldn't listen to me. I said, these people are fraud, and they're stealing all my information. So, I need to see that stuff. Anyway, am I still coming over clear? Yeah, you're coming over fine, dear. Thank you. Okay, good. Yeah, so, you know, I have a lot of information that I'm still going through. So, next thing you know, I have another court date back in um, October of 2016. Uh, October the 13th, I'm supposed to go to court. Well, you know, okay. Uh, on that on the eighth of October we had the big hurricane massacre too, and flooded everything. But I already knew I was going to get flooded because I live across the river, so I'm going and get across the river too before the flood gets all the way up to my house. So I make it to uh, the court the next morning, and I said, "Miss Fitzy, why are you here? You can have a flood over to your house." I said, "Yeah, flooded." I said, but I made it across the river because I know you was looking for me. And I want to be on my court date. <laughs> well, Ms. Fitz, you just considering that there was a... We wasn't expecting you to come. But you're open, aren't you? I said, well, see, I'm taking no chances. I'm here for my court hearing. She said, well, Ms. Fitz, the court is canceled because, you know, it's flooded. So I said, well, you knew it was flooded. I know it's flooded. But, you know. I didn't know if you let the, the mortgage company know it's flooded. So I'm here. I said, well, okay. Well, we're not having any court today, Ms. Fitzy. So you can go back home. We'll let you know when you're going to have a next court date. So, therefore, I go back home. Next thing you know, um, the next court date wasn't until uh, March 2017. Okay. So, uh, March the 6th, I filed some papers in 2017. I saw the 300-page document because I went to Ford Stoppers. I didn't want to go to Ford Stoppers, but the thing is, uh, you know, all my paperwork wasn't working because, you know, they figure I'm doing this pro se. I don't have no attorney. You know, I'm just doing uh, from over I guess they figure, oh, she Googled this, so she's writing. She's typing down everything that Google says to type down and, and you know, put in the sheet and help the papers. Well, it did help at some point and stuff, you know. So, therefore, um, you know, when I started going to floor stopping and stuff, they did the um, uh, audit and securitization that goes all the way back from the beginning of the loan when they sat down at the closing table and they said that uh, when they uh, closed my loan that it was a table-funded loan. The people on Wall Street were the ones who gave them the money, you know. So, therefore, you know, it's, 
So it's, that thing showed the whole truth and nothing but the truth about what happened to my loan. Come to find out that the loan was securitized, but in the midst of that, there was um, the the table funded loan somehow that funded, but the man who was funding it stole the money from his partner. He was an attorney that was at the closing table at the same time, took the different loan along with 50 other loans and took stole the money from his partners to fund our loan. That man, to this day, is sitting in jail for 20 years. He's in jail for mail fraud, wire fraud, mortgage fraud, everything. He's still sitting in jail to this day, along with uh, some other uh, partners he was working with. But he's um, no longer doing anything about fraud, closing any loans or something like that. But he was doing uh, two different things with the hood settlements and stuff. And I still have my original paperwork where on one hood settlement it said so many thousands of dollars that my home was uh, going to sell for. And there was another settlement that's saying another thing about um, how much a home was settling for and stuff, you know. But anyway, um, HUD couldn't do nothing about that because I called and talked and they act like they didn't know what I was talking about. So anyway, to make another long story short, Okay, so uh, the trustee and the mortgage company seen that I filed a 300-page document, and this was supposed to be for the court case coming up on March 21st. They called back to the court. I'm getting ready to go to court March 21st. And my phone rings at 8.30 a.m. in the morning. My appointment is at 9 o'clock. I'm getting ready to go to court out. I answer the phone. Hello, Ms. you. This is the clerk of court. Uh, we just heard from the mortgage company trustees. Um, they're not going to have court today because they want to continue it. I said, continue to the yes until June. I said, wait a minute. This is going to be about the 15th court hearing. She says, well, Ms. Sitchu, if you stop filing papers, then you won't have to worry about more court. I said, you're lie. I'm going to continue filing papers. That's what keeps me in my house. So she says, well, then just be prepared. For June 20th, they will have all their trustees there, and um, we will see you then. And be ready, because you have to have your court appearance, too. And bring yourself an attorney. I said, okay, don't worry about it. I will, I'll, I'll be ready. So next thing I saw, you know, so I said, okay, they, they, you know, they want me to bring an attorney now. I looked up an attorney. Oh, one time it says, I'm saying, every time you need an attorney, that means you need someone to stand in and talk to you because you are illiterate. You cannot talk for yourself. That's why an attorney needs to talk for you. No, I, I, no, I don't need no attorney because they ain't cahoots together anyway. So I filed more paperwork and stuff. And, um, therefore, I was just kept on doing my little investigation and stuff so I, I could get filing more paperwork. So, therefore, I did an amended motion to dismiss. And this time, uh, I had a paralegal help me out with it to do amended motion to dismiss. But I did my own motion to dismiss and stuff, and it wasn't never heard because I didn't never get to court yet because they kept continuing it. So when I did my um, uh, father motion to dismiss and stuff, this was the amended one. And this time we aired the audit securitization, and then we added an affidavit from a mortgage a securitization expert auditor. And he would say he would come and testify 
as a witness for me to say everything his findings about the mortgage and order securitization is truth and fact. Now, the truth was that I never received a mortgage uh, modification, no modification. The truth is that they had got my loan uh, lost. Insurance uh, money back from the, uh, I guess, uh, African city quarters. Um, I guess when I don't pay, I default. When well, anytime you don't pay your mortgage stuff, they write off as a loss and they go to an insurance company and the insurance pays it. Well, they must have filed my thing 30 times because it says it showed that the mortgage company got paid 30 times for my loan for all the defaults that they said I made. 30 times over that amount of money they, they put in as a loss. Okay, so then the audit and securitization also showed that from the time I sat down at the loan table that they had got another uh, uh, service to put in there. But the bank, who was the trustee, they was uh, also being able to show that my loan was paid in full. It was already paid in full from the time I sat down at the closing table. So, therefore, if my loan is already paid in full, that means someone all ahead of me paid it, and but then they're still trying to collect off on me, but they had paid it when the loan was securitized. So, therefore, I said, well, keep on reading. I mean, this is a good this is a good bedtime story now because I'm really reading this over. I mean, they sent me over 300 pages of this audit securitization, and anybody, I'm, I'm telling you, it's not free. Not free, they will charge you because I started, you know, paying a little bit at a time and stuff, but it was worth it because it told the whole truth and nothing but the truth. It showed the screenshots of the Bloomberg securitization, showed the screenshots of everything that was happening to my loan, and my loan was paid in full. Um, and I think it was the, uh, the trench of class 1A where it was all uh, uh, paid for, but it shows you everything, all the trenches and everything is up there at the security exchange uh, and on the Wall Street Bloomberg auditor and stuff. So anyway, um, come this uh, June, I'm getting ready for June 20th now. So June the 15th, I uh, sent this to my last paperwork and stuff because I got in touch with the Security Exchange Commission and um, I, I sent in the information about what my uh, mortgage company said that they had a trust. It was called, you know, the Home Go Home Trust 1999-1. I sent the information in to I said, please look at up because, you know, I'm getting information that this Home Go thing has been uh, dissolved. And I need the uh, certified documents to prove that because I've got to go to court. So they sent me uh, the ex the ex Attestation. The attestation says that this sent me the document saying the United States of America Securities Exchange Commission attestation. I hereby attest that the diligent search has to this day been made of the records and files of this commission, and the records and files do not disclose any files that have been received in this commission under. The name of Home Go Home Equity Loan Trust 199-1 is suited to the provisions of any of the acts of the administration of the commission. 
And this was uh, signed by Larry Mills, Records Information Management Specialist. So I headed that along with the two of them. They gave me a, a screenshot of showing that the other company that they claimed to have filed was solved in 2013. So I had the document to basically march up to the clerk of court office and said, can you please, please file this along with my paperwork for a motion to dismiss? And so she filed that, and the next thing you know, here it is, it's June the 15th, and I filed all the paperwork. She said, now, Ms. Fitchie, you know you have to send the other side their paperwork. I said, yes, I'm aware. I'm I'm mailing it to them right now, so we'll be ready by uh, June the 20th. So they, I got the green card back from the postal saying, you know, that the registered mail has been signed by such and such. I know they got that paperwork. So June 19th, now this is the day before June 20th, I got to go to court. I get a paperwork to my mailbox saying, um, I open it up and there's some letter from the trustee. And it letter don't really say much. It just says, um, notice of withdrawal slash termination. I said, wow, I mean, I don't know what that means. It don't say much. It just says notice of withdrawal termination. Uh, this is the notice for your uh, special proceedings. This don't sound like I know in 2015, they tried to trick me and say, oh, your court has been canceled. We're going to send you a new court date and everything. So I wasn't trusting that stuff. I said, uh-uh, I'm still going up there to the courthouse uh, June the 20th. So I came up to the courthouse June the 20th. Our appointment wasn't until 11 o'clock, but me and my grandson got there at 11, at 10.15. So I said, let me see too. Now, you know, I guess me and the clerk of court are the reason I'm bonded because I've been coming there for four years. So... <laughs> She started saying, well, Miss Fitzy, why are you here? Didn't you get your letter? I said, yeah, I got my letter, but I didn't understand because it was very vague. I don't understand what they're talking about. Notice of withdrawal slash termination. She said, Miss Fitzy, your case is closed. I said, what do you mean closed? She said, it's closed. I said, but I didn't get to argue my case. I want to, you know, dismiss with prejudice. She says, no, no. It's closed. They stopped it. They don't want to talk to them. <laughs> I said, oh, did I win? <laughs> he said, Miss Fitchie, it's, it's over. It's over. I said, well, I want to argue. He said, it's okay, Miss Fitchie. Don't worry about it. It's over. It's done. So I said, well, gee, Miss Clerical Court, I've been coming here so long. Either you're looking prettier or I'm getting older. She bust out there. She reminded me of the Wicked Witch Builder. East when we get a Wizard of Oz. But um, that's the whole story, you know. Cloud situations of what I had to go through to get everything done. But there's one thing I wanted to let them know when um, I talked about Steve um, Curry. You know, I found some papers when he was sending to me before he had to go to jail and um, get his house taken away from him. You know, he sent me um, something to look at for his. Foreclosure, he highlighted some things about his maxims of law. And I want to just show you, tell you some little high points about this. It says, the truth is expressed in the form of an affidavit. It's an unrebutted affidavit stands as the truth in commerce. And he also says, he who leaves the battlefield first by the fault loses. Another one is, all are presumed to know the law and ignorance of the law is no excuse. 
Lord and justice never dwell together. So remember that. It took me a hard lesson and stuff to learn. But, you know, the thing is, you know, I am a good learner, and I guess I guess I know how to do a fast, fast learning thing because with the foreclosure in your house where you live is where, you know, you, you're not going to let nobody come and steal it and take it away from you. And Dave knows I always end things with a poem and stuff. So I have a little poem for you. It's called Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Your home is where you live and work real hard. Keeping your head up hell high to the sky and your eye on the prize. Your mortgage companies ebbed and fell with all their little lies. Of course they didn't know I was the true FBI. Six-Youth Bureau of Investigation. How you doing? That's it, baby. Hope y'all enjoyed wow. that. <laughs> wow, you definitely you definitely went through a lot, that's for sure. And I'm going to open it up for people, uh, as I'm sure people are going to have some questions. But um, since I've got uh, control of the button here, I'm going to ask a couple of questions first myself, okay, if that's all right. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, um, uh, early in the conversation, you mentioned that when the current servicer sent you a notice uh, regarding the situation with your mortgage, that technically that the old servicer is supposed to notify you too as well. And I, I just want to get a little clarification on on that subject. You know, um, what is it that states that the old servicer has to contact you also? I think maybe uh, Roberta stepped out for a second here. <clears throat> so we'll just give her a minute to come back. Um, you know, I, I've always thought it was really funny that you go and you sit down at the um, closing table when you purchase a place. And I, I remember when I purchased, you know, you sit down at the closing table and, of course, you know, you've got the uh, real estate representative there. You've got uh, whoever's representing whatever mortgage company or whatever, uh, which actually it's not them directly, but it's another agency, kind of a go-between that's there that gives you all the paperwork. And you got like at least, I think I had at least 70 pages of stuff to sign, you know. And, of course, myself, like everybody else, is eager to get the keys and, you know, doing the one dreaded thing nobody looks forward to, and that's, you know, packing up and getting all your stuff moved from one place to another. Uh, but at least people in that situation have that feeling or sense of security inside themselves that, okay, this is the last time I'm going to have to do this for a while. And I can be subject to the whims or whimsies of any uh, landlord or people like that. Most of these guys um, are just scum tenants anyway. I mean, they're they're ridiculous. Um, I've really encountered some very interesting things when I've been running from different places, and I'm sure other people have their stories as well. But, yeah, you can really run into some nut jobs when you're just renting. So, yeah, you have a sense of security that you're going to be moving into a place that, you know, hopefully you're going to be at for quite a number of years. So I, I always thought it was funny that they do foreclosures on people. I'm like, wait a minute, how can you do a foreclosure when I already sat at the closing table? 
it's supposed to be closed. It's supposed to be done. <laughs> but now they want to call this other process a foreclosure. And it's amazing now, you know, she spoke about Ken Dost, and he's uncovered so much info and so many different ways that they've kind of sleight of hand uh, screwed everybody behind their backs with all the ways that they've patented every little process they've done and they've buried everything with all those patents so nobody's really going to be able to figure out the, the maze that they've signed on to. And to me, it's almost like they, they set it up so that they would have all these other little tiny different avenues and ways that they could get at you in the future. And it would be regarding things that you had absolutely no clue about. You know, uh, People sign one document and they think it means one thing when it actually means something completely different. You know, And with signing on with your mortgage at, at, a, or at a closing table, you know, you you're giving over your power of attorney to them. You know, they're surrendering rights there. Yet one of another of the many ways that they get everybody to surrender their status or their position or any rights that they may have, even if it's so-called rights or privileges given by the state. And so it's a huge mess. And it's nice to see somebody that has overcome it and uh, found a way to really come at them with something that's useful. It sounded like to me that she had said that it really sounded like it was her information from the Security and Exchange Commission that had kind of sealed the deal for her. And hopefully Roberto will come back on here and take a quick look at the board. of documents which had been all right i've Ryan, got everybody unmuted again yeah Rance. Uh, she got dropped and she's trying to get back in but she can't get back in <clears throat> all right uh do you have that other number handy to give to her um no but if you want to give it dave dave's still on the call he can Give it to her if you give it to me. All right. Or I can. All right. Yeah. The Uber line is 857-216-2819. I'll say that again. 857-216-2819. And if that asks for a PIN, the PIN is 15221. 15221 is the PIN. I'll message him, see if he, I think he's still on. Uh, yeah, he's, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's you or if that's him. I'm saying on the board. I think that's Well, him. no, there, there, there was a, there's two Eastern Michigan. One just dropped and there's still one on. So that, uh, it's either him or somebody else in Michigan, but hopefully it's him. Dave, are you still on? 
Dave and the Thumb, are you still on? Uh, Dave might have jumped over to um, Harvard Van Dyke's call. Doesn't that start at 8? No, 9. He's always on until a little after 9. Okay. All right. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Oh, hi. This is Corby Weaver. I'm just listening in to you guys. We hear you. Nice to finally talk, uh, you know, voice to voice. Appreciate the good work. Absolutely. You got it. Thanks, Barb. Well, hopefully Roberta can come back in um, on this line or another. A lot of people have problems with the talk shoe line. I've never had a problem with it, so. I just, Dave uh, from I Michigan, a... are you still on? Hello? Hi, this yes. is Dave's wife. Um, yeah, she got dropped off, and um, we finally got through because our phone was blocked off for a minute, too. So um, we want to three-way her back in. Is that Okay. Yes, please. Yeah, you can do that. Okay, give me about two minutes here. Be right oh, unless no you have problem. the number. Okay, hold on. No, uh, three Thanks, would be Sam. best. Thanks, Sam. I bought a car last year, and they had the same deal on a car loan that they do on a mortgage. Same assignment. That does not surprise me a bit. Well, guess who's getting a new car for free? <laughs> you're, talking, you're talking to him right now. I got 5000 back on it when they, they closed it, the upcharge on maintenance uh, plans and all this stuff. And I told him I was going to the Attorney General's office. And boy, they came back in a hurry and they offered me 5000 or to buy the whole car back. Wow. I haven't had a car loan in about, I don't know, 25, 27 years because I learned early on that. That was just a cycle uh, to keep you trapped in. And so I decided that after I got that car paid off, that I was going to continue making car payments, only I was going to make the payments to myself. That way, mm-hmm. when it was came time where I needed another vehicle, I wouldn't be down sitting at a desk somewhere begging somebody for a loan. I would already have that money put aside somewhere because I continued to make payments to myself on the car, even though I had paid off. And that way I could just go purchase something and not go and fall for the trap of buying a brand new car where you're losing over $5,000 when you drive off the lot. But, you know, buy something that is a year old. That depreciation has already disappeart on it. And to me, that's yeah, a I smart thing to, to do. I, I used to buy uh, Volvos about four or five years with 40,000 miles, and they were depreciated about half by that point. And I'd keep them for about seven years. But then their their quality's not as good. But you know, I've got a Hyundai now and it's great. Well, I went and picked up a uh, my last vehicle I just purchased was a uh, police interceptor, and it had 114,000 on it. But those Crown Victorias, uh, you take care of them, and it's not unheard of of putting five six hundred thousand miles on those cars. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. You're, you're right. Most cars will go 200 plus nowadays. So almost any decent car will go that far. You guys are getting okay. Hello, guys. You there? 
Brian. Oh, okay. She's back with us. Hi, Brian. Okay, so I brought in Miss Roberta. Are you there, Miss Roberta? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, good. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no problem. No problem. Hey, that stuff happens on these calls. But um, no, I, I had a question I wanted to ask you. You know, it's regarding something that you had mentioned early on in the conversation, and uh-huh. you said that you, you found out that the old uh, service provider for the loan was supposed to contact you as well, not just the current one. And I wanted to see right. if I could get some more info on you regarding that. Yeah, uh, as far as I know, Resper, you know, they're the ones who uh, command for the uh, mortgage service and mortgage lenders to follow through. And so Resper says that, you know, when your old mortgage servicer no longer servicing a loan, or if they're going out of business stuff by law, they have to notify you. And I did ne- never get a letter from the old mortgage servicers. Now, I did, did get a letter from the new services, but it was strange because this was nine months after the bankruptcy court uh, that the mortgage services had went through a bankruptcy. Now, the letter that I did receive nine months later from this new mortgage lender, it was, wasn't on a letterhead or anything. It was just a plain old letter saying, we are now your new mortgage lenders and send this money to this this place and stuff, you know, so that's where, you know, I did never know that the mortgage, uh, original mortgage lender had went out of business and went bankrupt until I started uh, getting foreclosed on in 2013, and that's when I started okay. doing my due diligence, yeah. Okay, I see, I see what you're talking about now. Well, you know, mm-hmm. and I've been kind of playing around with uh, my mortgage people as well. Because mm-hmm. when I first started learning about all of this, I said, you know what, I, I'm going to kind of make their paperwork shuffle game a lot more fun for them. And so I, I would call them up. And my first servicer, I, I called them up and I said, yeah, you know, I was just curious about something. If I wanted to pay this loan off today in full, uh, who would I send it to? Because I know that you're just a servicer. You're not the real loan holder. Right. Mm-hmm. And they and they they said, oh, they said, well, hold on, let me see if we can find the paperwork on that. They came back to the phone about ten minutes later, and they said, oh, you know what? We noticed here that um, we're not your servicer anymore. Uh, the servicing's been sold to another company. They're like, haven't you received anything yet? And I said, no, I've not gotten anything yet. They said, oh, well, you should be getting something soon. They said, yeah, it's been uh, changed to another service company. And it was about a month and a half later before I received a letter from a new servicer. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, that's too funny. Because what they did is while they put me on hold, they immediately said, okay, we got to sell this, <laughs> you know. Right. And I've, I've, done, I've done that a couple times since, you know. Uh-huh. So let that, let that thing bounce around out there a few times. That will make them have all the more fun in the end when I come on the attack. That's the way I look at it. Oh, yeah, right, absolutely. You know, you just have to, uh, you know, they want to play games, you play games right along with them and let them know that, you know, you, you know a little something, something. And, uh, like, the very day after I, like, um, after court told me that the case was closed, that's the funny thing that I get a call from the U.S. Bank 
the U.S. Bank Vice President of the Mortgage Corporation calls me, right? So I know he's trying to pick my brain. So he says, let me fix you. Um, we noticed you've been writing to us and, and calling us, and, you know, uh, we sent you a letter. So I see here's the letter that you said uh, sent us was um, saying that you are not the holders of the note, that you are just the trustees to the trust. And so, therefore, Security Exchange Commission says that there is no trust, that there is no filings of a trust. So what kind of game are you playing? There's... How are you going to be a trustee to a trust that there's no filing to a trust or the trust has been dissolved? Well, Ms. Fitzhugh, we, you know, our certificate holders came down so little that we have been, we deregulated our trust. So, therefore, we don't have to be on security stock exchange as a public, uh, you know, uh, information. You know, that's only this public uh, documentation for everybody who's to see in public. So, but we've been deregulated. I said, so you're incognito? Okay, let me tell you this secret. I have millions of dollar bills of here up here on my table. They're big, million dollar bond notes that I have. And one of them holds the note to your house. So, therefore, if I say that I'm coming to get your house because you have not uh, turned me in the principal interest on this note, do you think that's fair for me to come to your house because you don't know who I am? He says, well, that's not what we're talking about. I said, yes, it is exactly what you're talking about. So I said, this sounds like a Ponzi scheme because you're trying to tell me that I need to talk to the mortgage servicer, and the mortgage servicer says that I need to talk to you guys. You don't have my trust. I see where you – I went up on the um, Securitized Trust, Investors Trust. There's a website, and um, I, don't, I forgot where you exactly find it, but – I fiddled around so much with Google, I think I bet dang it broke the dang thing because I was Googling everything. But anyway, um, I found my loan right up there on their um, uh, website and stuff, and it showed my loan number and it showed uh, how much I owed, and it showed that I, I, my last payment was February 2013. That's the last time I paid them suckers. February 2013, I ain't said done die more. I said, I ain't going to send them nothing. So now, you know, the house is mine. I ain't sending them nothing. And they ain't a daggone thing they can do about it now. Now, it so, sounded you know, like, you know, with all the paperwork that you had filed and things that you had done, it, it seemed like the information that you got from the Security and Exchange Commission is actually what really tied the news around their neck. It, oh, yeah. That what, yeah, that was is? the nail to shut the coffin closed, yes. <laughs> yeah, that and, was that was the, and, the end of it. All right, and now just for you know, sake of everybody else, and including uh, my short-term memory as well, what info specifically that came from the Security and Exchange Commission really um, sealed the coffin on them? Yeah, it was um, the uh, expectation. Uh, paper. Uh, they'll send you a certified document. You can either get it through the um, uh, email or you ask them for the actual hard copy. Uh, you pay $4. You know the loan has been securitized with and the actual trust number and everything. You have to word exactly the way uh, they, you, know, you found it there. And um, so I gave them the actual uh, the, the Q-SIP number 
the CIT number and everything, and, um, you know, you put it in the documentation form. Uh, you go up on the Security Exchange Commission and stuff in, uh, uh, let Security Exchange Commission.gov, and you type in, um, uh, documentations or something like that, or there's a number that you can call around and ask them, because I know I was calling Security Exchange way back in 2014, and I never get any information, but I just kept on Googling and Googling, and I came across this thing, and it said, call the number, and uh, I talked to the lady, and I told her, how can I get certified documents? And uh, she told me, because a lot of times when I called Security Exchange, they said, we have nothing to do with homeowners. We only talk to investors. I said, well, the home is my investment. So, you know, I, I have a right to know because this is playing with people's homes and stuff. And these stocks that you're uh, looking after and stuff and bonds has attachment to secure it to people's homes. So how you going to tell me that? And I got so mad at the attorney general because I called the attorney general and told them, I said, you know, look, these people are trying to steal my home and stuff and everything like that. And I know that you all have an investigation going on. And the guy at the attorney general's office said, that investigation is none of your business. I said, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Don't you tell me it's not my business. It's about my home. I said, the investigation that you got going on about these people stealing people's homes is my business. I was so mad at that man telling me it's none of my business. When it to be. I mean, that this figure you're going to tell you anything and you go away. But, you know, don't be scared. And they always want you to get an attorney. And I know why, because attorney could never go into court and do what I did. Because the thing is, okay, there was also some information attached to my paperwork that Fort Stop had sent in to me because it said a temporary restraining order. So, you know, I know that a temporary restraining order to stop a foreclosure sale. So I understood that sometimes a deed of trust turns out to be a deed of trustee sale because these people, I guess in other states, if it's in a non-judicial state, they can do a deed of trustee sale. So um, when I went before the, the judge May the 15th, and he said, Mr. Fitzgerald, you're here for a temporary restraining order? So I said, yes, I'm here because I don't want my house foreclosed on, and I don't want these people to go ahead and do a deed of trust sale. So their attorneys, uh, the mortgage company attorneys said, Your Honor, Miss Fitzhugh's putting the cart before the horse because we do not have a sale for closure sale date. So the, the judge is saying, well, Miss Fitzhugh, we can't foreclose on something, and I can't grant you anything, but I can tell you this. If this mortgage company does a deed of trustee foreclosure sale, they are breaking the law because that's a fraud. And he turned to them and looked at them. So that was another thing on my corner. Even though I didn't know what I was doing, that I wasn't supposed to be in a temporary restraining order uh, court. Because <laughs> I knew there was no foreclosure sale date, but sometimes, you know, you got to be acting stupid to get what you want. So that's what I did. Well, but the thing about that, I, I took it out of the clerk of court's office because she's not a judge. But I took it to a real judge. <laughs> well, that was a good denied. little tip of information. That was a good little tip yeah. of information you got from that judge, though. Just by going yeah. in and doing something, you know, it, it, just to hear what they have to say, you know. 
Yeah. So you're, you're saying you're saying you want to get a certificate of the uh, securitization. Yes. Yeah. It was okay. a, a, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's um, a certified document. It's called an attestation. That means they're attesting to what they're found or what their findings are. So they'll send you a paper right. saying that we attest. We hereby attest to whatever you know, you know the, the disclosure is. And they sent me one for we hereby attest to that the um, the other uh, home goal document that they was looking for was dissolved in 2013. So either way, the mortgage company was screwed with their lies. Yep, absolutely. Well, I've got the board unmuted. I'm sure there's people that have questions or anything. Uh, if anybody has a question for Mr. Berta here, uh, just politely uh, say, may I, and then um, let us know your name and uh, what part of the country that you're hailing from. So uh, open it up if anybody has anything. I'd really think that on a topic like this, people definitely have questions. I'd like to Although, make a Mr. comment, Bates, if I may. It's really good. Yes. yes. Hi, Dave What's in the film here. Um, Mr. Berta, that was awesome, man. I, I am. I just got to tell you, my favorite one of the people that I that I did recommend you talk to was Thomas Deegan, and you asked if he was still in jail, and last I heard, he still was. Um he really did. I I had forgotten that I connected you guys, and that he did help you out that much. Um, I'm really happy about that, and I hope you know at some point they let him out, and uh, you know we can contact him and and let him know your success story, and how much he helped you out. So I yield. Yeah, I'm planning to uh, write him a letter. I I still I I'm still in contact with his mother. So I can call her and let and find out, you know, how I can get a letter to him, let him know the good news. Very good. After all that, yeah, I can't believe me. nobody's got any questions. That blows me away. How many people are on the board, Brian? Uh, I'm looking at around 20, I think, right now. At least that's just on the talk show. That's not even including the other board. And the other board is normally about double of what's on talk show. But I know Bert I did do a people. very good job laying out, laying out what had happened. Didn't she? <laughs> She's awesome. I got a question. Yeah. Hey, did you guys, yes. uh, I was in early, early on the call, did you correct your status in any way, like an affidavit of truth or any type of a personal uh, statement that you control the estate? Um, no, not yet. I'm getting ready to... Uh, the paper that the uh, clerk of court gave me and also the mortgage company had sent me to withdraw, I'm going to put that down in the, um, my documentation in my records, in my property records. I'm going right. to file that so I can have that down there. Because, see, they done screwed up my chain of title so bad. You should see this make four or five different banks that they put down there that was they're no longer in business. But they wanted to call up my title so bad, and they put down so many substitute trustees down there. So I couldn't get no attorneys. I did look for attorneys, and I talked to a lot of attorneys, and I paid about three different consultation fees to the attorneys. 
And before I could even get off the phone with one attorney, she pulled out my property records and said, oh, we can't help you. I see you have a substitute trustee, and we're not going to help. I said, that's a lie. That, you know, yep. everything that you see down there is fake, and they would not help me. So, you know, another attorney told me, well, you know, that mortgage company, they got deep pockets. Uh, they're really well-known and stuff, and their attorneys, you know, play hardball and stuff, so we won't touch it. No, we don't have that kind of time, money, or energy to, to fight them. Right. They don't want to... They have a certain bond level of so many million dollars, and if they're going out with somebody with say two hundred million or five hundred million, it, it, they'll waste their time and energy, and they won't win. Yeah, yeah, but this little old senior citizen don't have a lot of. Lord, I still got enough time that God allows me on this earth and stuff, and I still have energy because I take all my supplements. And the thing is, you know, I ain't scared. <laughs> I know that the attorneys are bound by different laws and stuff. That I know if I had an attorney, they would never have went into court for a temporary restraining order on something that there was no sale date. What part, what part of North Carolina are you in? I, I live, well, typically around Fayetteville, but up to Raleigh is where I'm at. Oh, I live in Greenville. Oh, okay. So, uh, east, east side, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so the thing is, you know, as long as you file paperwork, I mean, if you even a judicial state, I don't know how they do, but a non-judicial state, you know, um, right. it's like being able to the paperwork. You know, even if you, your paperwork ain't all that correct, you know, right. they send you paperwork, you file paperwork right back with Adam. That's you know, a fact. So thing. Yeah. As long as there's controversy that's going on, they can't rest to judgment. And that's one thing, if you ever get somebody that does a summary judgment, you always bring that up right before. If you think it's coming down, you put that into the to the to the judge. You can actually vacate a judgment based on that. Yeah, but this clerk of court said, "Oh, that doesn't work in her court because I did a summary judgment," and she says, "No, um, that doesn't work in my court." It's not her court. I know it's not her court, but that it was like nobody else was there. I dated a clerk of court, and she's in big trouble right now because she, she's she's essentially hiding from me. Because she did some stuff, I saw her do illegal stuff while she was on the job. Yeah, because I asked, I said, I asked her, I think about the, around the thirteenth uh, foreclosure hearing. I said, "Do you have any money invested in my house?" Because I never heard of somebody letting it go three to in three, three or four times, but fourteen, fifteen times. That doesn't make no sense to continue cases like that. It's called derelict of duty when they don't record it. They don't have the accurate information in the public record. They're basically derelict of duty, and they're liable for it. Okay. Yeah, because I asked her one time, uh, I said, are you doing? Are you recording uh, these court proceedings and stuff? She says, no, I'm not recording anything, because one time we did have uh, a meeting because they sent in one of the other attorneys from Greenville who I knew nothing about. He knew nothing about me. But he just sent some goon in there to pretend that he was going to stand up for the the mortgage company. Yeah, so they play all kinds of tricks on you. But I hope I helped somebody. Oh, you did. Trust me, I'm, I'm helping a couple, three people right now. And the thing, we're, we're looking at status correction, that sort of thing. It, anything you... you, you uh, 
if you put anything in there that raises a controversy, they have to settle the controversy before they move through it. In other words, you have a right to be heard. Um, no, well, I didn't um, put it. Well, the thing is, you know, I, every time I put, uh, filed the paperwork and stuff, I couldn't be heard until we actually come into the court. You know, so every time uh, we got to the court date, they was always asking for a continuance, saying the, the courts was waiting to execute papers from the lender. So anything that I filed with my motions and stuff, I couldn't be heard until, you know, the actual coming to say, okay, we're going to be here this time. You know, that the mortgage company say what they got to say, and then I'd be saying what I had to say, but it was never the case. So then when they started seeing that I'm getting more professional and the paperwork started coming across the board more more legalized and more professionalized with lawyer terms and stuff, because uh, even the judge at the temporary uh, uh, restraining order office, he says, these are very impressive papers, Ms. Fitzhugh. Do you have a lawyer? I said, no, I don't have a lawyer. He says, well, this is, these were papers so well organized that I had never seen nothing like this before, where you're here by yourself and these papers are well organized. I said, yeah, thank you. I said, I'm just learning as I go. Yeah, they want you to hire uh, an attorney so that you have standing in the court because it's actually they say it's public. It's kind of a private corporation type deal, most of it. And so, if you don't have standing, they literally can't hear you according to their rules. It's a big, you know, it's confusing, but that's the way they look at it. They don't really hear you. They don't want you to be heard right. either. Right. Exactly. So you you, right. you basically you busted them open. It sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did, you know, and, and I guess, you know, by hook or by hook, but either way, I did it, you know, so I'm so thankful. Okay, what you do now, go back and status correction. You know, you know how to get your birth certificate, claim the name, that sort of thing. There's, there's different. Yeah, I already had that down at the property records where I was reclaiming mm-hmm. my name, reclaiming my mm-hmm. status and stuff. I even filed my birth certificate along with it. And stuff because another um, guy was helping me and stuff with that and stuff, so I did that. But you know that didn't it didn't do anything for stopping the court, you know, anything like that. So I yeah, so I'm saying you know I have legalized my name that I'm no longer dead, I'm alive and stuff, and I put my birth certificate down and everything, all the affidavit. But some people say I need to do it with the Secretary of State, so I can figure that one out. So, I don't know. And then there's another company, another uh, organization called the the North Carolina Grand Jury. Um, they've had introduced me to this other guy, uh, Russ Van Zant, and he's with the Grand Jury and stuff. And he sent my information to somebody named. Uh, class. What? Yeah. So they sent the information to say, Nia, she's a, a single, single citizen, single black woman. Oh, uh, you know, she has a lot of medical issues going on. You know, she had a heart attack and stuff, and uh, she needs some help. So uh, the our class information came back to me saying that you know. We will help you for a fee. You have to be able to to know what you're doing and learn how to do it according to how what we say and what we teach you. Because for you to go to 15 foreclosure hearings means that you don't know what you was doing. We will pay. We will teach you how to do it. Um, 
not for free, but for $2,500. And if you can't pay $2,500, then you put your home in our trust, and we will help you. I said, no, wait a minute. I'm trying to get my home out of this bag or trust, and you want me to put my home in your trust? You're out your mind. Mm-mm. Yeah. You gotta be careful. Hey, Thank God yeah. for Dr. Wallach. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. May, oh, I yeah. Ma- absolutely. May I make a comment? Sure. What's sure. up? I would just like to say, Miss Roberta, thank you so much. Your situation is quite a bit different than my own would be. I have a private lender uh, that is thinking about foreclosing on me, but I just admire your courage, your tenacity, and what a wonderful, impressive role model you are. And I just thank you for being such a help and for coming onto this line to edify other people. Oh, yes, no problem. I've been to a lot of people. <laughs> but we're talking about for four years, you know, since 2013, I've been fighting these people and stuff. But now I got my lawsuit filed, April 27th. I filed the lawsuit, and now I'm the plaintiff. I said, it's my turn. I'm the plaintiff now. And, yes, I'm I'm, I'm looking to screw these people so royally that they will never want to come after another senior citizen. Because, see, the reason why they put the, the uh, um, bill of exchange so high was dollars and it reminds me of like when you throw somebody in jail and you don't want them to get out of make bail, you make the bail so astronomically, so high that you know they will never be able to get out. So they saw it, they saw that figure on the paper. So this little old senior citizen would get scared, pack up and run and leave the house. You know, back in the house and I said, No, mm I'm not leaving. Congratulations. Thank you so much. May I? Yeah, excellent, excellent info. Yes, go ahead. Uh, th- this is DL from Little Rock. I'd like to uh, comment also on Ms. Roberta. She, d- she did a, a good uh, job in putting her own strategy together. When I was listening, I looked how she took bits and pieces of information and you made it fit you instead of taking one piece of a puzzle and just running with that one piece, but she took several pieces, and she made it work for her. So I wanted to just commend you on your hard work and research, and I believe that what worked in your favor because you took uh, different pieces and you put it together to make it work for your particular case. So I just want to give you a, a shout-out to that, and I yield. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, you know, my name is right. It fits me because my last name is Fitzhugh. So I said, well, the thing is, you know, everybody's situation is different, but you got to say whatever fits you and fits your purpose and fits your need. And if anybody asks me who was my legal counsel, I tell them it's Faith, F-A-I-T-H, First Attorneys in the Heavens. And they said, let there be light. There was light, baby. Let Roberta win her court case, and it was so. I'm done. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) One last maxim that Roberta observed without probably realizing is that the first one to leave the battlefield loses. Yes. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, they had no idea who they were screwing with. <laughs> this, this woman is the most tenacious woman I've ever met in my life. She is awesome. Tell, tell us how young you are, Mr. Berta. I kind of forgot, but I think I'm 67 now. I'll be 68. No, will I be 68? I think I will. I don't know. I'm born 1950. Yeah. I'll be 67 in August. <laughs> I've been keeping track, and I do believe you You were 64 when all this started, so, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and, you know, as far as so many of these, the lawsuit now. I want to say, I was going to say, so many of these different organizations out there and everybody want to charge, you know, 500 for this, 2000 for that, 5000 for something else. To me, the, the best payment, the only real payment would be educating the people and everybody finding out how all of this is, is really perpetrated on everybody and what the little keys are that you can use to pull the rug off from underneath them. Because, yeah. you know, when the house of cards comes falling down on them, to me, that's that payment is worth way more than two thousand dollars or anything like that could be in my pocket. That'll be the real payment. You know, when this comes up uh, and loaded onto TalkShoe here in several hours, I'll make sure the link for this call gets posted to the group and people can share it around. You know, help everybody else learn what they can do in their situations. And I'll yield with that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, don't 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 just run because someone has a battle. You just go ahead and stand and fight. You know, and you know, there's other people who know more than you, but you know, you got to be your due diligence and cipher out the ones who doesn't really mean you any good and stuff. And you know, those who say, yeah, we can help you. Show us good faith. You know, send us you know two thousand five hundred dollars. Even when I went to an attorney, uh, I paid her uh, through the Legal Shield. You know, you get a 25% discount and stuff. You go to the attorneys that they recommend. And so I paid her $140 and stuff for a consultation fee. Now, with me, you know, I have a whole lot of papers and stuff and documents, but I put it in a storybook form. So I got a lot of uh, uh, sheet protectors and stuff and put it in a binder. So as I told my story from the beginning of then showing that I found this uh, ad, it was a flyer, and I showed her the flyer that I found from, the, you know, the mortgage uh, company, that, how they got me into their office, and they sent me down and want me to start the loan. So it was a storybook. How could I put those people that story? Because I just turned the page, one page after the other, and this happened, and that happened, and that happened. So she, it was so rustling of papers. I had it already in the storybook form, in the binder, and all she had to do was turn the pages to see the story unfold year after year after year. And she sends me a letter, Miss Fitzhugh. Um, I don't know if we have a legal lawsuit, but we would like to do an investigation and charge you $5,000 just to see if we have a lawsuit. I said, you're a crazy behind fool. You think you're going to do some investigation exploratory just to see if I have a lawsuit for $5,000? Man, please. I went, and I fussed her out. I called the bank. I said, what kind of fool you think I am? I said, you know what? I deserve to have my $140 back. You did me no favor. You did nothing for me. She gave me back my money, too. I came right back on up there and got my money. 
Oh, that was honorable, at least. That was very honorable. Yeah, it was. So she thought I was going to kill her. One or the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you scared the hell out of her, girl. I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've been talking right. so bit for about an hour and 45 minutes now. Uh, we can uh, wind this down. Does anybody else have any questions or comments? Is there any contact information available at all? No, not at this time. Okay. Sounds good. I, um, I'll forward mine to you, Brian, and then if she wants to talk to me, she can call me maybe or something like that. All right. Sure. That's no problem. Thank you. Appreciate that. Both of you. Uh, good call. Uh, appreciate hearing from all you guys. And I, I would just like to correct some information that I gave uh, before the recording began regarding our friend that was recently released from a jail. And, and that was Friday night that that occurred. It wasn't last night. I'm sorry. I had, it's been a long week for me. Sorry. Oh, no problem. Yeah, and that was regarding the uh, release of Chris. And we've discussed it on uh, the past two or three calls, I think. So that's definitely oh, okay. good news. Right. So that was Friday night. All right, anybody else have anything before we wind this down? Uh, Ms. Roberta, I had sent you, um, I think, a text, a couple texts in the past day or so. I don't know if you saw them or not. So if anybody, you know, a gentleman said he's going to send me his info that I can forward on to you. So just keep an eye on uh, the text on your phone or on your site, if you would. Okay. All right. Did somebody else have a question or anything before we wrap this one up? Well, we definitely Very appreciate you being on here, Mr. Bruder. Definitely a great call and great info. And you definitely filled in, I think, uh, some blanks for people. And like you said earlier, it takes getting into the fight before you really, really see what's going on and how everything operates. That's the best way to find out. Unfortunately... That's not a position people really want to get themselves in in order to learn. It's yeah. much better to learn from others if we can. That's what I try and do in life. I'd rather learn from other people's mistakes uh, before I follow suit. You know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Because the other people that I was learning from was losing their house, regardless of everything that they knew. You know, something. well, I'm going to take a little bits and pieces. <laughs> I'm not losing my house. Oh, I totally agree. And that's what I've done with a lot of different people, too. I've, and I know the situations they're in, and I see their stuff, and I see two little things that are really good nuggets that they've got, you know what I mean? And then put them together with one or two good nuggets from somebody else, and, you know, you put your own pieces to the puzzle together. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on the call. appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And, you know, whether it really sounds like it or not, what Ms. Roberta went over this evening fits right into what I've always said to people. You've got to figure out and learn where you're from, where you're really at, and who you really are. And that's the only way you're going to be able to take on these issues. And that's what she did, and she was successful. 
and hope my information that she brought forward this evening can help other people have the same success. So thank you very much, Roberta, and we'll call this tonight. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.